1: Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Carnew, and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and
2: Billy Mills Orchestra.
1: Walk into a store to make a purchase, whether it's Johnson's wax or soap or shoes, does it occur to you that your dealer renders you a valuable service? And never so valuable as now when wartime restrictions complicate his operations. He buys a little of this, a little more of that, things he believes you're going to need, and he puts them on his shelf until you come to buy them. He has to have a convenient location, people to wait on you, and maybe delivery service. Now, if that's all he did, you still couldn't get along without him. But he does more. He exercises buying judgment on your behalf. Selects from among the goods offered, those that he can recommend to you and stand back of. For your protection, Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, and Johnson's Carnew are sold only through recognized dealers, never by independent door-to-door canvassers. Remember this, if a house-to-house canvasser ever offers you such a product under a Johnson name... So rare as this time of year, when city dwellers full of cheer start making for the lakes and woods with tons and tons of sporting goods. With suntan lotion, bathing suits, fly rods, rifles, wading boots, camp stoves, tents, and hunting knives, dark glasses, beer, and weary wives. Full of fun and fancy follies and plans like Fibber, McGee, and Molly's.
3: what I'd really like to do is go into the wildest part of the Rocky Mountains with nothing on me but a blanket and a hunting knife. That's really what I'd like to do. (laughs) What's so funny?
4: You. Huh? I can picture you prowling around the mountains with a blanket and a knife. What do you mean? Why, you can't even peel uh, an apple without losing a few fingers.
3: (laughs) And why? Because I'm soft. (laughs) I've been living too easy. A couple of weeks in the woods and I'd harden up like a boarding house mattress.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, somehow a week or two of camping out doesn't have much appeal for me. Let's stay home, again, and play Rummy and go to a
3: few movies. No, I... sir, nothing doing. I want to get away from things. What things? Well, things.
4: <laughs>
3: People. Telephones and mail and newspapers. And...
4: Well, where are we going? Have you decided? Oh, I think so.
3: Of course, we can't take the train anyplace, and we haven't got a car, so I had to pick a place nearby. Lake Dugan. Lake Dugan? Yep.
4: <laughs> Why, that's right on the edge of town.
3: Sure. Take all our stuff out there right on the streetcar
5: <laughs>
3: I can run in every morning and get the mail and the newspapers and see if there was any phone calls
4: <laughs>
3: Swell swimming there, too
4: yeah. If you can find a place between the rowboats, that's a fine place to get away from people huh? Why, you can't roast a marshmallow out there without burning a hole in somebody's bathing trunks mm.
3: <laughs> That reminds me, where's my boy Scout hatchet?
4: Well, uh, you threw it away. I did? Sure, because it cut your wrist when you tried to open the can of tomatoes with it. Huh? Remember? I washed your wrist off with boric acid and your mouth out with soap.
3: Where's my rifle?
4: Well, it's practically all rusted to pieces. Rusted? how did it get rusted? Well, you said it was almost impossible to get cartridges for it now, so I had to have something to stir the washing with.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. All my equipment is shot.
4: Well, come in.
6: Mr. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee.
4: Uh, Hi, sis. Hi. Well, how do you do? I'm
6: sure. I just opt in to tell you I'm going on my vacation for the next two weeks and to wish you a very pleasant summer.
3: Well, gee, sis, Uh, thanks. Thanks very much. Same to you.
6: Yeah, we hope you have a nice time, too, dearie.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, Sure.
6: It'll be nice to hear your voice again in the fall. Well, good day. Good day. Good day. Who's that? I don't
4: know. I thought you knew. (laughs)
3: never saw her before in my life. I was going to ask you.
4: Why this is terrible? I'm going to ask you. Yeah, you find her. Wait a minute, dearie. What's your name? Mert. Oh, thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mert.
3: Yeah. My gosh, I knew I'd heard that voice someplace. <laughs> Whom now? <laughs>
4: Abigail Luffington, and be nice, McGee. We won't be seeing her all summer.
3: I wish somebody'd write music to that.
4: Those are the prettiest lyrics. She doesn't mean to be so uptown. She's just got an inferiority complex. Inferiority complex, my clavicle.
3: That's the excuse everybody gives for somebody being bad-mannered, high-hat, and generally disagreeable. Why, that old whippet never hush, had a... Hush,
4: She'll hear you. Come in. For goodness sakes, if it isn't Abigail Luffington. Oh,
6: how do you do, my dear? And Mr. McGee? Hi, Ebony. Fling
3: the frame on a chair and I'll tell you how we celebrated Father's Day and sister.
6: Oh, uh, and how did we, Mr. McGee? It was pop, pop, pop all day long. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you get it, girls? Father, pop. It's kind of a subtle play on words. It ain't
4: right? funny, McGee. Oh, yeah.
3: Personally, I thought it rather provocative of mirth. <laughs> mm. Well, Uppy, what are your plans for the summer? Just to uh, start the conversation because I don't really give a hoop. McGee.
4: <laughs> Mind your manners. Oh.
6: McGee, please After all, one expects a certain natural rudeness In the virile, masculine, rough diamond, outdoor type of man
3: Well, gee, thanks, Uppy You don't just say Although
6: that Although in the anemic, undersized pool room type like you, Mr. McGee It's just nearly irritating Oh, yeah?
4: Why, you triple chin, non-flying oh. portrait
6: McGee, if McGee you...
4: Stop it this minute My goodness, you ought to be ashamed Now apologize to Abigail
3: Okay I apologize, Abby. It's it's my inferiority complex. Makes me nasty.
6: <laughs> oh, These little outbursts don't scare, don't upset me in the least, Mister McGee. I merely say to myself, Abigail, I say, oh, I mean, uh, Abigail, I say, why should you be annoyed because some inflated little gutter snipe goes away and leaves his voice running?
4: But Abigail, uh, <laughs> listen. Uh,
6: little arguments do not affect my social equilibrium in the slightest degree. That is due to my theatrical training. Oh. Oh, yes, in the theater. One is trained not to be overwhelmed by the stress of emotional scenes, and in spite of them, to make a graceful exit. (laughs) (laughs) Good day.
4: Wait, Abigail, don't...
2: Hey, Happy, that's the door to the...
3: Since I was a kid Nothing healthier too Yes, either. I guess so Used to sleep like a log Matter of fact Up in the Canadian Rockies Once I slept so much like a log They rolled me into the river And I was halfway down To the sawmill Before I woke up <laughs> It was only because oh, of my...
4: Hello there, kids Where are you going? Hello, Mr. Oldtimer
3: Going down to the Wistful Vista Sports Shop, Oldtimer Starting our vacation tomorrow And need some camping equipment Oh, that's great stuff, kids Great stuff Used to be quite an outdoor man myself Used to own a ranch in Wyoming That's what you says last week what was your brand? Two getters, a fiddle, a banjo, and a jug. One of the fellas No, used to... no, no.
5: Huh?
4: <laughs> yeah? yeah. Not band, brand.
3: Yeah. Didn't you brand your cattle? Nope. Started two once, hmm. but I accidentally sat down onto a hot branding iron. I see.
4: What happened to me shouldn't occur to a cow. <laughs> Well, have you spent so much time on a ranch, Mr. Oldtimer, how come you're not bow legged? Used to be awful bow
3: legged, daughter. No. Oh. I was so bow legged, I had a terrible time in church for a while. Hmm. Took me three pews to kneel down.
5: <laughs>
3: How'd you ever get your gams ironed out? I took a trip to New York. Got caught in a subway rush.
4: Come out and knock knees. <laughs> You were a westerner, Mr. Oldtimer. You know, you've got that squinty look around the eyes that comes from gazing across the sunlit desert. Or trying to find the pork in the can of pork and beans.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, daughter.
2: <laughs> that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> the way I hear it, one better, says oh oh gotta get going. Have a nice summer, kid. See in the fall. Hey, hey, what's the rough? date with my gal, Johnny, librarian at the library. Uh She reads
3: to me every afternoon. We're on Black Beauty now, and I'm pretty worried how it comes out. Things the way they are now, I'm scared Black Beauty's going to wind up on a blue plate.
4: (laughs) You know, I hope you'll be as young as he is when you're as old as he is, McGee. I
3: hope I never look that old. (laughs) His face looks like it had wore out three bodies. Now, <laughs> well, here's the sports shop, Ma. Come on.
7: Good day, sir. What can I do for you? We're having a special today on Moose Calls. Genuine Brazilian birch bark. They come in three tones. Plaintive, urgent, and imperative.
5: <laughs>
7: no thanks, bud. I don't want one. But, sir, why, on our last order, we asked for six gross. And do you know how many we got? Half a dozen, of which this is the last one. Huh. There won't be any more, you know, for the duration. Oh, how terrible. Well, gee, maybe I'd better take one while No,
4: I'll... no. We don't want it, McGee. We need a moose call like you need a hole in the head.
3: In his case, that might be exactly I've what... I'm
4: bud. <laughs> if
3: my wife says I don't need a moose call by George, I don't need a moose call, see? Well, I, I, I would like to try it once. I never blew a moose call.
5: <laughs> Certainly, sir. Go right
3: ahead.
4: Well. <laughs> Any partic- oh, look, McGee, here comes Mr. Wilcox.
3: Why, this is a wonderful little gadget, Molly. One honk and in comes Wilcox. Yes,
4: yeah. <laughs> but he's not a moose. Well, he's a elk,
3: ain't he? <laughs>
4: awful close. Hi,
1: Junior. Hello, Fibber. Hello,
4: Molly. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Say you're an expert on better homes. Won't you help McGee pick out a pup tent?
1: Oh, sorry, I can't do it, Molly. I have to be at a war plant in twenty minutes. Oh. I just dropped in here to have my tennis racket restrung. I'll uh, take care of it, will you, Abercrombie? Certainly, Mister Wilcox. I'll have our racketeer go right to work on
3: it. <laughs> what you all going to a war plant for, Junior? Well, I've got to give a short talk.
4: On what? As if we uh, could never guess. On nutrition. Well, that's
3: a new way to approach the... On
4: what? Nutrition. Oh, now, come, come, Mr. Wilcox. (laughs) It's a fine product, we know, but even we who love it so dearly wouldn't eat it. (laughs) Well, I'm
1: not talking about that. I'm going to give a talk on the importance of war workers, yes, and other workers, too, maintaining their health by eating the right kind of bodybuilding food, primarily butter and milk and cheese products. That's group four of the government's nutrition program. I see. Yes, it seems the... uh... (laughs) It seems the nutrition experts have divided all food into seven groups. And to keep in fighting trim, we must have at least one food out of each group every day. Mm-hmm. Milk is one of the most necessary items in the whole list. So, what if I don't like milk? My gosh, if I get plenty of meat and potatoes. You I don't... see, the milk and cheese group of the nutrition plan contains some of the most vital elements to human health. Milk furnishes about three fourths of the calcium we need every day to build our bone structure properly. Milk and cheese are full of vitamin A, and without vitamin A, our eyesight is impaired. All grocery stores have lists of the seven basic food groups posted up, and it's easy to refer to them when you do your shopping. Well, I think I'll close my little talk by saying, <clears throat> vitamins for victory. There's a great day coming, so drink your gray day today. Oh. You like that? Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't? No. Well, then it must be good. I'll use it. See you later, folks. Goodbye,
4: Mr. Milka. <laughs>
3: Of vista junior
7: <laughs> is there anything in particular i could show you now sir not right away bud i want to kind of look around first yeah
4: we're mostly interested in uh, camping equipment he wants a pip tent Pop tent. well they give me the pip <laughs> every time oh look mcgee here comes dr gamble hello doctor hello mrs
0: mcgee hello mcgee
3: hi
4: doc
0: buying something or did you just come in to get out of the fresh air
3: <laughs> start my vacation tomorrow doc gonna to go camping
0: oh that's great yeah I can hardly wait to treat you for sunstroke, poison oak, chiggers, water in the ear, spider bites, and fish hooks in the gluteus maximus.
4: You know, I'm going to make him be more careful this year, Doctor.
0: Oh, it's no use, my dear. He's the kind who needs a lifeguard when he washes his hair. I think there ought to be a law against vacations. Here we build a man up and keep him in shape to do his daily work for 50 weeks out of the year, and what happens? He takes a vacation. He sleeps outdoors in a damp cot. Exercises like a commando when his greatest effort for the past year has been tearing the band off a cigar.
3: <laughs> he swallows gallons of muddy lake water. Oh, tush, 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 tush. You're just an old sourpuss, Doc. You think everybody ought to go through life chewing on a thermometer and walking on their hands so they won't get their feet wet?
4: Well, the doctor just doesn't like to see people make fools of themselves, dearie. You? Well,
3: you're
0: quite right, Mrs. McGee. But it's like trying to keep an apple seed from making an apple of itself. <laughs> well, I hope you folks enjoy yourselves this summer. Take a good rest, my boy. Thanks, Doc. And, uh, my boy, don't be like most men on a vacation. Huh? Remember, this little woman is your wife. Not a red cap, a washing machine, or a nursemaid. Let her have some fun, too. I'm glad you're getting out of town for a while, McGee.
4: You think it'll do him good, Doctor?
0: I doubt it. But it'll give me a new lease on life.
4: (laughs) Goodbye, now.
1: King's Men, and a little close harmony. The Old Song.
2: You'll hear that mournful sound. All the dark is ever the Masses in the cold.
7: This is a very humane uh, rabbit trap, Mr. McGee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's how it works. Mm -hmm. We put a piece of lettuce on the trigger here, cock the spring, then Mr. Rabbit comes along. See? He sniffs the lettuce, takes a bite, and that blank cartridge explodes. Ingenious, isn't it? Yeah, but that would scare the rabbit away. Of course. That's why this is the most humane trap made.
4: (laughs) Well, I think that's ridiculous, and furthermore, yeah, I don't hello, know... hello there, McGee. Hello,
3: Mrs. McGee. Hi,
4: Mr. Coast Guardsman Latrivia, how nice. Hi,
3: Latriv. You still on leave? My
2: leave is up tomorrow, McGee. Oh. You want to stop coasting and start guarding again, eh? Uh, uh, yes, yes. As I was saying to one of our petty officers last week... Now, that uh,
4: isn't a very nice way to talk about your officers, Mr. Latrivia.
2: I said nothing derogatory, Mrs. McGee. In the Navy, an officer's rank... If
4: an officer's rank, you should keep quiet about it. <laughs> perfect, Mr. Latrivia. Remember that.
2: Mrs. McGee, please. I merely made the statement that a superior officer...
3: You've was... got an inferiority complex, Latrivia. They just seem to be acting superior because you've
2: got no gold braids, see? I didn't say they acted superior. They're superior officers because the higher the rank... They higher the rank what? <laughs> Go on and say it, Latrivia. But remember, enemy ears are all about us. No disloyalty. Don't accuse me of disloyalty, McGee. I was only trying to tell you that an ordinary seaman... Don't can... you
4: dare call our sailor boys ordinary seamen, Mr. Latrivia. <laughs> Why, our sailors are the best seamen there are.
3: Yeah. Just because you think your officers are petty and act
2: superior, Latrivia, don't you think... I don't one... think anything. I mean, I didn't think what I was saying. You, you've twisted everything I've said. Now, let's start at the beginning. Okay. I said that one of our petty officers... Now,
3: Latrivia, he... I, I, I warn you. If you persist in that attitude, I'll be forced to report you. Yes,
4: then you'll be thrown in the grog for ninety days, and how'll you like that?
2: It isn't a grog, it's a brig. Grog is an old navy term meaning rum. Yeah, well, what's so rum about a term in one of our grogs? <laughs> I tell you, it isn't a brig, a grog. A drink is a drink. No, that's grog. In a navy crib, a brig, dog, grog.
4: Hey, have you been drinking, Mister Latrivia? I
2: don't drink, and you both know it. But before I go, I'd like to straighten you out. Don't on... You threaten my wife, you big bully. You'll have to
4: straighten me out before you lay a finger on her. Yes, for shame. A man in the United States uniform threatening women with violence. Mr. Latrivia, I was never so... Please,
3: please, please. Just listen to me for a moment. Okay, Latrivia, but make it snappy before I call the FBI.
2: (laughs) Now look, you've got me all wrong. I didn't mean to say it. My observations from you My officers are the finest I Say, what is this?
5: Ah, dear. Have
2: you been pulling my leg?
5: <laughs>
3: yeah, and I don't mind telling you, Latrivia you got the stretchinest leg we ever
5: pulled
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ah, don't be angry, Mr. Latrivia But it was just like old times And we just couldn't resist it
2: Angry? Oh, I'm so relieved I could kiss you I think I will
4: Hey. <laughs> oh, thank you Now, McGee Oh, no, you don't <laughs> You get away from me I ain't gonna Oh, no, say...
2: don't be silly I just wanted to shake hands Oh, that That's it <laughs> Wish you a nice vacation, both oh, of you Thanks. Good luck And I hope when we meet again The box score will be No Hitlers No Ruins No Terrors
3: Oh, I hope so, too, Trivia. Happy landings, boy Goodbye, now Great little guy, Trivia. Little?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Did you see his chest? I was scared to death he'd take a deep breath and push us right through a showcase. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty husky little... Oh, you got that sleeping bag I asked for, bud? Yes, sir. A genuine snug bug sleeping bag. Uh-huh. We have two of these, though the other one is damaged, which makes this one the last one we haven't stock.
4: <laughs> for the duration?
3: Yes. Hey, that's pretty good. A sleeping bag. Just crawl in and zip it up, eh, bud? That's all. Yes. Waterproof,
7: sunfast, and guaranteed as long as it lasts. <laughs>
4: McGee, I don't think you want to. Oh, hello there, Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr.
3: McGee. <laughs> Hi, Wimple man. You like the sleeping bag? I'm thinking about buying it for a little camping trip Molly and me are going on.
8: Oh, I don't care much for them, Mr. McGee. <laughs> that sleeping bags lie is my motto. <laughs> Mr. Wimble Were you buying Some uh, vacation things? No, Mrs. McGee Sweetie Face Sent me down To pick up A couple of dumbbells Oh My goodness I never expected To find you here Is that a crack, Wallace? Well, of course not, Mr. McGee. I never make cracks. Oh. I learned my lesson last week when I flew off the handle with Sweetie Face. Oh. You did what, Mr. Wimple? I flew off the handle. You finally did it? Yes, I was out in the kitchen frying some eggs, and Sweetie Face came in. Yeah? She grabbed the frying pan, but I hung onto it, uh-huh. so she started whirling me around her head. Oh. Finally, I flew off the handle and crashed into the china <laughs> cabinet. she was sorry she did that no that made her more angry than ever Mm. she said aha in your cups again Mm -hmm. and sloughed me with a refrigerator
4: very violent woman I'd say yes you gonna buy this sleeping
3: bag Mr. McGee well I don't know mind if I try this one on for size bud
7: very happy to have you Mr. McGee we don't close till 5.30 if you'd care to take a little nap in it oh no no
4: no McGee
3: I ain't sleepy anyway Molly here hold the top open while i wiggle into it that's
7: it a little wider
8: that's
7: it Fits nicely around the hips, doesn't it?
8: My goodness He looks like a little caboose in there, doesn't he, Mrs. McGee?
4: (laughs) You mean papoose, Mr. Wimple A caboose is the rear end of a freight train
8: (laughs) Yes, I know
3: (laughs) Okay, zip it up, bud Hey, this
7: is wonderful I'll buy this, bud you better let me out now. It's too hot. It? Oh, dear me. What's
4: the
3: matter? The little
7: piece that unzips it is broken off. So careless of me. Well, get it out! Help me out of this. I'm smart, go. Good heavens, man. This is the $32 sleeping bag. Well,
4: he's worth more than that to me alive. Rip it open. Yeah.
7: Hurry up, bud. Hurry up. Get him out of here. Just be patient, sir. I have no authority to enter the property of the store. Well, well, of all that rather dirty luck, why does everything have to happen to me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> what do you find so
8: amusing, Mr. Wimple? It oh, just struck me funny, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> to have you end the season on this note. On what note, Mr. Wimple? Well, for once, the bag is holding McGee. Oh, dear.
1: (laughs) There's one thing we all have in common right now. We're very busy. There are so many demands on our time, both on the job and at home, that we're tempted to let certain things slide, just not get them done. You might think, for example, you could just forget the finish of your car. Let it look shabby as long as you watch things like the tires and batteries. But there's more to it than meets the eye. That dirt and grease and road scum that collect on the finish may be doing serious damage by chemical action. The only safe procedure is to remove that shabby film of dirt and keep the finish clean. Then it won't deteriorate. You can keep it clean so easily with Johnson's Carnew, the easy-to-use polish that both cleans and polishes with one application, two jobs at once. Carnew is a liquid that dries to a powder, which is easily wiped off. You'll gladly do a car-new job yourself, and you'll be surprised what it will do for your self-respect and for your driving pleasure. Remember the name, Johnson's Car-new, spelled C-A-R-N-U.
5: Ladies and
3: gentlemen, on behalf of our sponsors and all of us connected with this show, we want to thank you once more for your wonderful support and loyalty. This last season, as you know, the makers of Johnson's Wax dedicated every fourth program to the presentation of some government message, some phase of the war effort which we thought we might make a little clearer to you in our own peculiar way. We want to thank Mr. Elmer Davis, his Office of War Information, for the highly efficient cooperation we've had in getting our facts straight and eliminating conflict with other programs.
4: Yes, and keep tuning in this summer at the same hour. As you know, Johnson's Wax is again presenting MGM's Outstanding Teller of Amazing Tales, John Nesbitt, in his dramatic passing parade. Now, if you remember his famous Letter to Hitler last summer, which was so widely reprinted, you'll be interested to know that in his first show next week, he gives you a new Letter to Hitler. It'll be a wonderful series, and we know you'll enjoy it. So until McGee and I see you nice people again. Good night. Good night, all.
1: On this program was played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax finishes for home and industry. I'm inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night when we bring you that outstanding teller of amazing tales, John Nesbitt, in his passing parade. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>